0: Stuff. I am a
1: Welcome to episode 156 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I am your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of Certified and Bonafide Good Stuff for Kids and Families. And on today's show, it's Susie Shelton. And what you just heard is her song called The Grass Is Always Greener. And that, that, just that little snippet should give you a great, great understanding of what Susie's all about. Here here's some words that I would use to describe Susie and her music. How about how about fun and uplifting and clever and colorful and vibrant, inspired, joyful and creative? And You just got to listen to this. I had such a nice time talking to Susie. We became immediate friends, which is the best way when these things happen, just to feel like, I'm just talking to a friend, and and we're feeling, feeling good about talking to each other, and we're learning about each other, and we're sharing about music and life and all kinds of good things, and that's exactly what happened with Susie. And it's also my immense and extreme honor to premiere the video for The Grass Is Always Greener by Susie, featuring Tim Kubart on my website. Go to www.goodstuffpod.com and check out this video. It is a world premiere, and it is totally my honor. Thank you to to Beth and Susie for trusting me to, to premiere this because I'm honored, and it's awesome, and it's an awesome song. And, of course, you can hear the song in its entirety if you listen all the way to the end of this episode. So you should listen to it, and then you should go watch the video, and then go back and listen to it, and then watch the video again. And then go back and listen to it and then the video back and forth and back and forth. Because the song is great. And you should listen to it all the time and watch the video all the time within reason. Yeah? Yeah, within reason. Yeah. I mean, I and reason can be eight million times. And you should do that and support Susie because this is, again, an awesome song. So if you want to reach me, email me, mike at goodstuffpod.com, or you can find me at social media, the at symbol good stuff pod that's twitter facebook or instagram but what you really want to hear right now is my conversation with Susie shelton she's awesome and here it is
0: yeah.
1: It is a total delight already, I can tell, a total delight to welcome Suzy Shelton to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. How are you, Suzy?
2: I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks so much for having me.
1: It is totally a pleasure. It sounds like we have a little barking in the background. Is there someone there with you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's my dog, Penny. She's a long-haired miniature dachshund, and she's our watchdog, so right now somebody's walking by the front door
0: uh uh-huh. thirsty,
1: just has to let everyone know. But I'm going to move into the other room. Oh, Hopefully okay. Help. I mean, it's no problem. It's, um, we're just glad, we here in Good Stuff Land are glad that you are well well informed when someone's walking by the door. It's an important thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very safe. <laughs> okay. Phew. Um, so, it's so good to talk to you. You have a, a, a brand new record that just came out, uh, I believe in May. Um, we're talking in July. because, yeah. we, but and, and we'll get to that for sure. But I think one of the best parts about being able to do this podcast is is we get to learn a little bit about you and hear a little bit about your backstory so would you mind sharing a little bit about where you're coming from where you are and like how you got into the family music game I guess for lack of a better word I would love to I would love to I'm actually originally from Ohio
2: so I came here quite a long time ago now I think it's been about 23 years now that I came to New York City um I was looking to dance. I was a dance major in college, so I was coming here to dance, and I did a little bit of that, but I ended up getting a job, as all dancers need to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, like, one of my first jobs was at the Children's Museum of the Arts in Soho, and it was there that I started doing kids' music. I met some great people there, some great musicians, who encouraged me to just sing along with them during our sing-along time. Um, It was kind of an effort to get everybody in the Children's Museum gathered so that we could get everyone out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So that's how I started doing kid music, and I just never looked back. It was something that really connected with me. I love working with kids. Um, I also have a background in early childhood education, so that's what I did in addition to my dance degree. And So it kind of was a good fit for
1: me. That sounds great. So you had you been doing music and before the the Children's Museum or were you was your primary art the art of the dance?
2: It really was mostly dance. I you know I played a little flute in middle school and I was always um, really interested in singing, but I didn't really have the courage to sing in front of people unless they were my friends and we had roller skates on. Um, <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't really my thing to sing in front of people. I was really, um, I was quite nervous in that regard. So dance was a better fit because it was a little bit more abstract. Uh Um, but it was different and new when I moved to New York city because nobody knew who I was. And so I kind of felt like, yeah, why not? Let's just give it a try. And it's really become something that I can't, I can't imagine not doing in my life. So at this point, my career—it's pretty much been my career now since I moved to New York City. So, so I guess that's uh, that's what I'll, I'm going to keep
1: on doing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. So, so I, this is really fascinating because most of the the musicians that I talked to, you know, we're doing like you know trying to make it in as an adult musician, you know, for lack of a better word, yeah. you know, trying to play bars, trying to play clubs, and then sort of like stumbled into it, I guess, for lack of like more appropriate and better words, just because, you know, we're sort of on the fly here, but found that they like, oh, like this is really fun. But you came at yeah, you came at it from a different angle you know not having the the musical background so I, I I'm curious and I think a lot of people would love like uh you know just that encouragement that you know you can like how did you figure out to to songwrite? I guess in a in in like I know that's a big question but if there was a way to sort of think about how how you how you developed as a songwriter I guess yeah well it's a
2: really good question I mean I did definitely come at it from I guess the other side I came into this whole world more from like the children's educator side Mm -hmm. Um, so I didn't have the musical background that I think most children's musicians have but I have I had so much experience working with kids and then um, when I had kids of my own (laughs) goodness and a dog (laughs) um, it was (laughs) it really i really started listening and you know trying to seek out other music for them to listen to that was kid friendly and you know there wasn't a whole lot out there like 20 years ago so i felt sort of compelled to try to write my own songs and i was in this amazing band that did form at the children's museum called the imagination workshop band um and that consisted of my fellow bandmates shlomo pesco who is an old-time musician um, who played every instrument under the sun, um, Albert Elias, who played the tub bass, and Lou Gallo, who played guitar. And so between the four of us, we started just writing songs that were fun and interactive that the kids would, you know, gather for and be interested in. And that's kind of how I started. I started working, you know, as a group. Uh-huh. And then when I had my son, um, gosh, a long, long time ago, he's in college now, Um, I just started to learn how to play the guitar because I figured it would be a good way for me to make extra money to teach some classes, but I couldn't really afford to pay a musician all the time. So that's how I started kind of learning how to play guitar and write music at the same time. And I had a lot of material because I had this kid of my own now. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. A lot of the songs, and especially in the beginning stages, are about my son and then Um, When our daughter came along, then I had a whole other point of view, and then a lot of the songs circled around her. Um, So that's kind of how I went about it. I really just wrote about things that were happening in my life with my own kids. And, you know, I had a little help. I had some amazing producers with the four albums that I have. I have... Some real great guidance, and I worked with incredible musicians who just really helped to put all these packages together.
1: So that's great. I mean, yeah. so so I did, I just connected some dots. I talked to um, Lou Gallo around Father's Day because he just done a record with his son Frank. So yes, and son Frank, who you, I met when he was just a baby. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, so that that is so cool. So the 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 worlds, I mean, they don't collide; they gently bump into each other. Um, and yeah, that, that's so yep. cool that you did that. It sounded like that sounds like such a fun such a fun project. I think. Um, what's uh what's so cool about your story is that you it's it's like the old saying like necessity is the parent of invention or something like that you know you needed
2: absolutely
1: right you needed needed it yeah Yeah. and so you taught yourself that's That's,
2: exactly right
1: yeah exactly (laughs) i needed
2: to make some extra money i needed to trying music that was appropriate and inspiring, you know, from a kid and for the kids that I was teaching. And so it definitely grew out of necessity. Yeah. And definitely learning how to play the guitar because learning how to play guitar later in life, I think is a little bit more difficult. I mean, I don't consider myself that strong of a guitar or ukulele player these days, but at least I can, you know, I can support myself, but I do, I do surround myself with, wonderful musicians who help in that regard but yeah you know it's enough to write songs and it's enough to get your ideas on paper which i think is really important
1: right and then it's good to have collaborators people to work with who can help you sorta you know as jack would jack black would say like plug up the holes (laughs) Uh, okay so um you're gonna get him
2: on the show
1: one day oh someday so um So, so one thing that I, I, so I listened to the new record and, and I, and I think it's sort of evident on all of them. Like you have a lot of different influences, you know, like I can't, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like a stew and I I couldn't, you know, you, you're not afraid to go like a little bit country Western. You're not afraid to go a little bit like modern pop. You're not, you know, like maybe like some world music kinds of influences too. Yeah.
2: So like, yeah. So
1: what, like what kinds of stuff really? gets you going as a musician as an artist
2: well it's so funny that you say that because I have to say in all honesty I think more of my earlier stuff was definitely more folk and a little bit country because it's really the only thing that I could play
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I've
2: always wanted to be kind of more pop and like an indie um, more of like an indie pop rock star for kids because I like listening to indie music uh-huh. and I love more of like a pop So I've been trying a little bit to evolve over the years, but then again, I'm in New York city and I'm surrounded by all this incredible world music. And so I do feel like there's that in me too. And maybe the dancer side of me also likes to explore a little bit more of the drums and percussion. And so I think it's just all kind of mixes together. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, after (laughs) the fourth album that, I sort of have my own sound. So I think the latest album, Hand in Hand, really captures the way I want to sound more than any of the other albums. So I feel like I've sort of finally found my sound, and I really have to attribute that to my two co-producers on this album because they're also, not only are they incredible musicians and producers, but they've also been with me as band members for a few years. And so I think like that, was a great combination because they knew me they knew what i was talking about when you know i can't really show them on the guitar i can just like tell them what i want and show examples of some songs that i felt like you know it should sound like this style or that style and so they they just got it and i think that's how this album this last album i feel really sounds more like me
1: yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i i it's it, you know, there's an evolution, right? Like every, every great, yeah. like every yeah. performer should evolve and should never like, you know, should never like rest on, you know, that the one song. I mean, you know, you're Brooklyn, so you'll probably yeah. get this reference unless you're Sufjan. Like Sufjan Stevens can write the same song over and over and over and that's fine with me, right. but like <laughs> uh, most other people want to, want to evolve. So, and and you can hear that, you know, I, I went back and I listened to the older stuff and brought myself along to the newer stuff. And it's, it sounds like, you know, as it should, like better, you know, the production is different. The instrumentation is yeah. different. It's like, yep. and, um, so before we get to the new record, I really want to hear the backstory behind Tomboy and a Princess Dress because it rocks <laughs> and it's awesome and it's super fun.
2: Thank you so much for saying that. So, you know, it's my daughter. It's based on my daughter. Uh-huh. She would hate um, if I'm talking about her like this. So, you know, she's not here right now. So I guess right. it's okay. And we
1: will. She, she, um, she will remain nameless. <laughs> yes, yeah, we won't say her name, even though
2: it's pretty easy to find out. But <laughs> the, um, <laughs> she loved. She was one of those kids who basically just came out, and she was active. Like she was never sitting down. She was running. She was digging, she was rolling, she was cartwheeling, and she in all regards was a tomboy, but yet she wouldn't wear anything but princess dresses for like a whole year. And so it really is just about her, you know, being who she is and showing her individuality and just being proud to wear those princess dresses all ripped and dirty and covered in mud and climbing trees and then, you know, coming home with scraped knees and paint all over her. And so it really is
1: it really is about her. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, it's a great song. Um, and I, I sort i sort of had a hunch when you were talking about how, um, you know, how your family influenced your your songwriting, that that's what the story was. But always better to hear it from the yeah. source. Um, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about the new record. Um, it's, okay. It sounds great. It starts off in a great way. Like, so what, what are some of your favorite songs on it? And what's a little bit of the backstory behind them?
2: Um, okay, well, first of all, the album came out pretty organically. Um, I was involved in a writing group from some other women in Brooklyn. We call it Brooklyn Women's Writing Lab, and, uh-huh. um, or Brooklyn Women's Songwriting Lab. And um, it includes Amiri Robinson from Mills Trills and Barrett from Baby and Tune and Katie Mullins, Katie Ha Ha Ha. And we, we formed this group where we felt like We needed to inspire each other. We needed to support each other. And we needed to hold ourselves accountable for writing songs because we were all kind of feeling like we just need some fresh ideas and some motivation. So we actually came up with this this goal of writing a song a week. And we had to either videotape it and show it on our Facebook group to each other or we met in person and then had to play it live for each other. So we generated so much material that... Because we did this pretty religiously for a year, um, and then a little bit the next year, but not as, I guess, adamantly. Um, we didn't hold our feet to the fire as much as the first year, but um, all of us came out with an album. So a lot of these songs have actually come out of that that goal of like writing a song a week, and each week was a different um, prompt. So you know, like there were different reasons for writing these songs. And so, like, one of the songs called Can You Feel the Power on the new album, the prompt was actually to write a rap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For me, I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, it was (laughs) going to be so hard, and I was never going to be able to do this. And then um, we have a little keyboard here, and I was just messing around on my keyboard, and I came up with a beat, and I did it. I just wrote it as a rap. And then that song turned into what it is today, which is a little bit more of a, like, An anthem for kids to kind of you know take over and let's let's change this world and let's do what's right and let's feel you know the power that everyone has right um, Uh, inside of them you know based on goodness but this song was a rap
1: right oh that's I mean that's so you know again like the, the 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 connecting of the dots so that makes sense that you have those particular collaborators on that song right
2: yeah, so yeah, exactly. And so I had them come into the studio and sing on it. And then um, we are actually performing the song live in a show coming up this week. We're doing um, a fundraising benefit concert um, for families who have been separated at the border. And wow. so they're going to be there singing on it with me. And we're just going to see, you know, how much money we can raise and how much awareness we can raise. But yeah, it's a really I mean, for me, it's a powerful song, and I feel like. You know, for kids, it's a little bit maybe geared for older kids than my typical preschool market. But I do think that, you know, parents are enjoying it, too. I'm getting some good feedback on it. So, yeah. you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting that you say that because I do think that that, uh, that sort of motto or theme you know it's a little bit for not necessarily the preschool set. i think that that's another like sign of your growth right like i think that it's it's accessible it's accessible yeah. to that age group but it's also like you know i have an eight-year-old son and he likes it you know so it's like you, you, you're yeah, the, cool. the branches are extending so the other one uh the other collaboration i wanted to hear from you about is uh, grass is always greener which is like conceptually oh, yeah. great and witty and smart and and you get <laughs> Tim Kubart to come on to that one with you so yeah tell, I got my buddy Tim to come yeah. sing on
2: it and actually this song I have to give the credit to my husband because this is all based on his idea like he he's my idea man and uh-huh. he he likes to take the credit for a lot of the songs even though he doesn't write the songs he just gives me the ideas and then he's like okay go <laughs> but <laughs> This song song has sort of been on the back burner for a really long time. And, you know, just the basic premise that, you know, the grass is always greener. And just it's nice to just take time and appreciate what you have and who you are and who your family is and where you live instead of always looking for more. Um, And so when our son was young, we used to read these Bill Pete books to him. And there's a couple of stories like that that Bill Pete wrote where it's like these you know, this caboose who really wanted to do something else, Like he got loose and he wanted to live in the trees like a bird and, you know, different things like those ideas of like using characters instead of people all the time, or like using animals to get your, to get the visual across. And so that's how that song came about. And I really like that song. I think the feel and the vibe of the song is definitely credited to my producers, Greg Mayo and Dan Weiner, like Greg, really came up with the the vibe of the guitar so it sounds a little simon and garfunkel-y uh-huh. a little bit like sesame street um and then dan with percussion and the different sounds that he put in there it just you know it just moves a little bit it grooves and then we bring kim kubart in and he's he's the perfect duet for this one so yeah. we're actually making a music video about this song as we speak in youtube studios um and my husband's drawing the backdrop which is like a coloring book so it's going to be like we're in the coloring book
1: wow nice <laughs> so i
2: hope i hope it works it's my first time working with green screen so i'm hoping that uh that it works out <laughs> but we're doing that <laughs> we're doing that this summer if it doesn't work out i guess we can just cut that
1: part but <laughs> no i think it's going to be awesome i think that that's incredible <laughs> Um, so uh, yeah, which which is a great lead to, um, your YouTube channel. Like there's a lot of stuff there, you know? So what, what kinds of things can we see when we visit you? You, you seem to have embraced this idea that like video is really (laughs) important.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I really felt like, um, connecting with people on a real basis. Like I, I kind of took the advice from Michelle Obama that just live out loud because, I feel like I I work with a lot of kids, I teach a lot of kids, and then when you do a performance for, you know, a big group of kids, the sad thing is it's like it's an hour and then that's it, and you don't really have anything to show for it except for the memories, and hopefully, you know, they'll be playing the music later on down the road or maybe they each get a copy of the CD, but they don't really get to know who I am, and I kind of feel that YouTube you know, there's many benefits to YouTube, there's some also negative to YouTube, but I try to make my channel where it's just real. Like this is me, this is my living room, this is my kitchen. (laughs) This is my dog (laughs) this is my daughter. These are my, you know, my friends and so and I feel like it just makes it real. I mean this is it. Like we're just making up songs or we're singing the songs that, you know, we've written or if people have special requests, you know, we'll sing those songs for them and it's just a way to connect with a young audience that I can't do on a regular basis. You know, I can't do a show in every city or I can't see them in person. So you can just go to my YouTube channel and boom, there it is. And yeah. like, this is really me.
1: Yeah. I, I <laughs> think that my backyard. <laughs> right. And, and But the one that, you know, the, the go fire truck, go video, I think it's every like three and four <laughs> year olds greatest thing that could ever happen you got to ride in a fire truck i mean no spoilers right but that i'm sure you get a lot of great yeah i
2: mean that was one of my favorite things that was one of my favorite experiences ever and this was such a gift and this was a gift by um this wonderful dad of these kids that i used to teach at a local preschool um kenji Edmonds, and his company roly-poly I'm not really, poly, but um, really, really productions, it's not, not exactly the same. Right. Um, he really, really productions, he came and up to me and he said, Hey, you know, was you ever want a music video made of one of the songs? I have this production company and we're looking for a creative project, and I was like, floored. Wow. And so he not only produced Taunt in a Princess Dress, which was the first one. But then he came to one of my live shows, and he said, the next one has to be Go Fire Truck Go.
1: Yeah, smart man. <laughs> and so
2: yeah. he came up with the concept of, like, we shot it in three different locations. Um, we shot it, one, in a live concert at the old 92nd Street Y, and oh. then we shot here right in Prospect Park. And my husband built all the props and the, um, the fire trucks that the kids got to run around in. And then we were actually able to get permission to shoot at my local fire station here in Brooklyn at Park Slope. Wow. So it was amazing. It that's really was. So, it was so great. much fun. And, you know, to sit in the fire truck and to sing the song and to have the kids really, you know, be a part of that video was really one of my greatest experiences. And I do feel like the video turned out really well and I'm super proud of it. So both, you know, both the videos, I'm really lucky in awesome.
1: that regard that I had someone who wanted to do it with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's really fun. So, no spoilers. Maybe it, maybe we'll we'll put it up on the website when this comes up so people can check it out. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I would love yeah. That. yeah. Be great. Cool. Thank
2: you. <laughs> so, so, so
1: you mentioned you're you're going to be doing something at YouTube Studios. Do you have anything any other things like in the the pipeline in the next couple months we should be watching out for? We're going
2: to be working on some videos and hoping to get a little bit more into touring it's a little bit tough with you know full-time job and kids tour so you know sometimes they the tours are a little bit short but um we're hoping to travel a little bit this fall and spread the word of the new music but mostly we're just working on some new videos and I have a new season of Sing With Susie coming up in the fall also where um you know it's I'm working with Different kids and singing different songs of their choice, and those are some of them will be shot in my backyard, and some of them will also be shot at the YouTube studio. So, cool. Um, yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so <laughs> there's a lot going on, as it should be. Um, so how can we keep up with you? How can we find you, follow you? You know, social media, website, etc. Yeah,
2: so I'm all over Facebook. You can find me Susie Shelton Music on Facebook. S U Z I. S-H-E-L-T-O-N, um, on my website, com and on Instagram, um, suzyshelton, or is it Suzy music actually. Instagram <laughs> is Suzy <Music. laughs> Cool. And, yeah, you can see everything there. A lot of times um, Facebook is an easier way to connect with me. The events are usually listed there before they make it to my website. And a lot of times we'll show, you know, different clips of, what's going on behind the scenes inside the YouTube studios or some little boomerangs of things that we've been working on lately will be on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Nice. Um, Susie, thank you so much for your time. It was awesome hearing all about what you do and make sure everyone go check out the new record. Thanks for taking the time with me today.
2: Thanks so much for having me. I had such a great time. Have a great afternoon.
1: Thank you you too. The most amazing, biggest thank you I can muster to Susie for taking some time with me to talk about her music and and what she's up to and what she's all about. And, you know, that was really great. That was a really fun one. Really enjoyed it. I'm about to play The Grass Is Always Greener in its entirety. And I need you. I want you. I encourage you to go to my website, www.goodstuffpod.com, and check out the world premiere video of the grass is always greener by Susie Shelton featuring Tim Kubart. Check it out; it's great. And then listen to the song, and then watch the video, and then listen to the song, and then watch the video, and back season, fourth season, until you can't do it anymore. And then you go to bed, and then you wake up, and then the next day you do it all over. All right. Talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening.
0: touch the sea. But what I really want to be is a fox. I am a fox. I can run and I can crawl and I can sneak under a wall and I can smell the earth. But what I really want to be is me. Duff.